The Bible reading this morning is from Luke chapter 1, verses 26 to 80. And on, in this Bible, it is page 723. Luke chapter 1, verses 26 to 80. The birth of Jesus foretold. In the sixth month... God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favour with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she, who was said to be barren, is in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leapt in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favoured that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant from now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. 
He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, even as he said to our fathers. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. When it was time for Elizabeth to have her baby, she gave birth to a son. Her neighbours and relatives heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy and they shared her joy. On the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child and they were going to name him after his father, Zechariah. But his mother spoke up and said, no, he is to be called John. They said to her, there is no one among your relatives who has that name. Then they made signs to his father to find out what he would like to name the child. He asked for a writing tablet and to everyone's astonishment he wrote, his name is John. Immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue was loosed and he began to speak, praising God. The neighbours were all filled with awe and throughout the hill country of, of Judea people were talking about all these things. Everyone who heard this wondered about it, asking, what then is this child going to be? For the Lord's hand was with him. His father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come and has redeemed his people. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he had said through his holy prophets of long ago. Salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show mercy to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath he swore to our father Abraham. To rescue us from the hand of our enemies and to enable us to serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And to you, my child, will be called a prophet, you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High. For you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins, because of the tender mercy of our God, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the path of peace. And the child grew and became strong in spirit, and he lived in the desert until he appeared publicly to Israel. So would you bow in prayer with me? Father in heaven, uh, we want to thank you so much for uh, this uh, gathering today of uh, your people. Uh, around your word in the power of your spirit and we pray that as we uh, look at this passage now this uh, long and detailed and very profound passage that uh, uh, you would be enlightening our minds and our hearts that we would know Jesus more and we ask in his name amen uh, one of the most um, spectacular events which happens every day is the rising of the sun have you noticed that they tell me that it's beautiful, uh, that um, <laughs> as the night sky uh, changes colour, as, 
as light starts to come up from uh, the, beyond the horizon and uh, the light as it uh, travels at, uh, dif at different angles through the atmosphere and refraction and so on, that it, it changes colour as the sun uh, starts to emerge and eventually peeps over the horizon. And as you probably guessed, I can't uh, testify to this from very much personal experience because I'm, I'm normally asleep at that time. Is that true for you as well? Uh, in fact, uh, it's the light of the dawn sun which, which wakes many of us up from our sleep and, uh, and, and is for us a new beginning, a, a fresh start. The, the old day is past and, and a new day commences. Uh, we all need fresh starts, don't we? We all need fresh starts. But I think that um, a sunrise is one thing, but to experience you know, what might be the ultimate of fresh starts, uh, it's hard to beat um, the birth of a baby, don't you reckon? You know, I remember almost 30 years ago uh, dri driving, travelling the 160-kilometre uh, distance uh, uh, back home from the hospital... Uh, with in the back seat our freshly minted uh, firstborn baby and I remember driving so very carefully because uh, quite frankly uh, we were carrying the most precious cargo in the world. That's right isn't it? A, a new life, a new hope, a, a new future, a new beginning and, and if you're a parent uh, I reckon you know what that's like with your firstborn. And so imagine two women, one young, another much older, uh, relatives who knew that they would soon give birth to their firstborn babies and that they would do so under some rather unexpected circumstances. Uh, unexpected for the young woman because she was a virgin. Unexpected for the older woman because she was barren. And the husband of the older woman, uh, whose name was Elizabeth, had been visited by an angel. A an angel uh, with an astonishing message uh, that Elizabeth, who had not been able to have babies and was now beyond the childbearing age, that, w that she uh, was going to give birth to a son a very special son. Um, humanly impossible, but in a sense you might think, well, that was actually far outstripped by the promise uh, that was about to be made to her younger relative Mary, who um, six months later also received a visit from an angel with news about a son. And now uh, we might, in our fantasy land, we might uh, naively think that uh, to receive a a visit from an angel would be uh, just this wonderful spiritual experience. It would be so awesome, so wonderful. And yet if you open up your Bibles at Luke chapter, chapter 1, uh, you'll find that, that when it happened to Mary, when she was visited by an angel, she was actually quite shocked uh, that it was actually, she was quite taken back. Have a look at verse 28. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. <laughs> Mary was greatly troubled by these words and wondered, 
what kind of greeting might this be? <laughs> and think about that for a moment. Uh, you, might, um, you might know someone. You might have a friend or an acquaintance or someone who you work with uh, and uh, you know that when that person approaches you and says, hi, how are you going? Did you have a lovely weekend? It's great to see you. And you kind of brace yourself because you're thinking, what issue are they about to dump on me? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And maybe it was a bit like that for Mary. And so in, in verse, you know, the angel says, hello, Mary, um, greetings in the name of the Lord. And she's thinking, uh-oh, <laughs> what's going on here? And so in verse 30, uh, the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, because you've actually... You've actually found favour with God. <laughs> Nothing to be afraid of. Um, you will soon be with a child and give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. I mean, wow. What a baby. What a promise. What a future! I was reading during the week <clears throat> about some schools that are so respected that um, when parents fill in an enrolment form for their, uh, their child, they don't fill in the date of birth. <laughs> you know why, don't you? Because they don't know the date of the birth because this child has not yet been born. <laughs> not yet been born. They have hopes, don't they? They have dreams. They have hopes for their child's future. Well, how about this for a future? You know, the Old Testament often speaks of a, of a future, of a new day, of a new day when, when God would send his son and his son would establish the kingdom of God and his son would rule over that kingdom forever. And when you think about it, that sounds a little bit like what the angel is saying about Mary's son. It sounds like this, uh, this new day that the Old Testament had pointed forward to is getting close now, uh, when um, parents have, uh, when parents name a baby, I think it's wise to consider the effect of that name on that child's future, don't you? <laughs> because, uh, to be honest, uh, uh, some names that, that parents choose for their kids uh, can make the future a little bit of a challenge for that uh, child as they grow up, don't you? Don't you reckon? But the name of this child would affect not just his future, but, but your future and my future. Indeed, the name of this child would affect the future of the world. As the angel declared that his name was to be called Jesus. Anyone know what the name Jesus means? It means the Lord saves. The Lord saves. And he says three more things about this, uh, this baby who would be called Jesus. He says that he would be called the Son of the Most High, that he would be the ruler of God's kingdom, 
that he would be the long-awaited saviour. Now, uh, how do you reckon that uh, that would have made Mary feel? Uh, do you think she would have been excited? Uh, do you think she would have been um, overwhelmed? Do you think she might have been a little bit afraid, perhaps? Well, in actual fact, Mary's thinking about something which is far more uh, immediate, and some more, far more earthy than that, because Mary rightly understood that what the angel was talking about was not a baby that was going to be born in the, in the distant future, but rather that a baby that was being to, that, that, that this pregnancy was actually going to be happening now. Because she asks a question, how can this be? Since I'm a virgin. <laughs> That's fair enough, don't you reckon? Now, apparently, um, just before the sunrise, each day, the, the sky starts to change colour above the sunrise. Um, first, uh, they tell me, it turns the sky turns a, a bluey colour and then it turns a red colour and then it turns a yellow colour as the, the angle of the, the light passing through the atmosphere changes. And when you see that the sky changing colour like that, you know what happens next, don't you? You know that the new day is about to dawn. And it's like what we see in this passage, an angel appearing and people who are, who are being filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, um, in, in verse 14, uh, you know, when Mary visited Elizabeth, Elizabeth, we're told, was filled with the Holy Spirit as the baby inside her womb reacted physically to the presence of Mary. And Elizabeth de de declared Mary to be the mother of her Lord. Later on, uh, Zechariah, we're told, was filled with the Holy Spirit and, and that he prophesied. And so think about this, it's 400 years since the Old Testament had ended and now there is this, this outbreak of angelic activity, of prophecy and of the Holy Spirit and you know that something is going on. It's like the sky changing colour as a new day is near. And then there is the answer to, by the angel to Mary's question. How can I give birth to a son since I'm a virgin? That's a great question. To which the angel's answer in verse 35 is that the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Um, in the Bible, when it talks about overshadowing, um, in the book of Exodus, that's used to refer to the, um, the, the glory cloud of God overshadowing the tent of meeting, the, the, the tabernacle, and resting upon the tabernacle. In the New Testament, it's uh, the, the glory cloud that uh, overshadows and rests upon the disciples at the transfiguration of Jesus. And now, this is being applied to Mary. The presence and the power of God resting on Mary, the Holy Spirit, 
coming to her, the Holy Spirit who in Genesis chapter 1 hovered over uh, the, the, the empty waters. That's the answer to Mary's question. That God who created man from the dust of the earth will now through his power of the Spirit be doing so in the womb of a virgin. Um, later on, <clears throat> Jesus would be uh, considered to be the, uh, the son of Joseph, legally speaking. But here we see he is a baby who is fully conceived by the Holy Spirit and will be the son of God. Now, um, expectant mums <clears throat> tend to like hanging out together sometimes, don't they? Uh, in order to, um, you know, to share with each other their experience. But when Mary visited Elizabeth, these two ladies hung out together for three whole months. And uh, you can imagine what they talked about. Um, they'd no doubt they were swapping notes about caring for babies. But um, in verses 46 to 55, we see that what was paramount for Mary was that she was in absolute awe of God. She was in awe of his mercy, uh, that in the miraculous conception that God has been merciful, merciful to a lowly, humble um, person like, like she was. Um, God who brings down the proud and the, and the haughty and lifts up those who are lowly, who cares for someone such as Mary and blesses her in that way. And in verse 54, that God has been merciful to Israel, to Abraham and to his descendants. <laughs> because, of course, uh, godly Jews, uh, like Mary, like Elizabeth, like Zechariah, they had been waiting to see God's promises to Abraham fulfilled. Israel had been waiting a long time. And now Mary knows that a new day is dawning in the babies which she and Elizabeth were carrying. Now, Elizabeth was at least uh, six months ahead of Mary in her pregnancy. And the birth of her son um, brought joy. <laughs> birth any child brings joy. But this brought special joy because of Elizabeth's circumstances of being um, so old and, and being barren. Uh, check it out in verse 56, uh, where we're told that Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. And when it was time for Elizabeth to have her baby, she gave birth to a son. Her neighbours and relatives heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy and they shared her joy. On the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child and they were to going, going to name him Zechariah, after his father, Zechariah. But his mother spoke and said, no, he used to be called John. And they said to her, there is no one among your relatives who has that name. Now, I wonder if you've ever been a little bit um, caught out or a little bit um, uh, taken back when you hear a creative name that a pa parents have given to their children, to their baby child? Uh, well, apparently, um, people were expecting this baby to be called Zechariah, 
son of Zechariah. <laughs> or at least that he would be named after his grandfather or his uncle or someone like that. But John? I, I mean, these days, if you called your baby boy John, um, would anyone be surprised? No, I mean, it's a very common name and chances are that your grandfather might be called John anyway. <laughs> or you have some relative claim, you know, named John who will claim the baby was named after him. No, it's a, it's a common name now. But here people are saying, John? Huh? Where did that name come from? It came from God. Who, as we saw last week through the angel... Uh, Gabriel had told Zechariah that his son was to be called John, which means God is gracious. Now, you might recall that uh, Zechariah was a little bit sceptical about this promise, uh, given uh, Elizabeth's age and her barrenness, and he, he asked, you know, well, how can I know for sure that this is going to happen, this promise is going to come true? Have you got a sign for me? Have you got some proof? And the angel said, yeah, uh, here's a sign. Uh, you will lose your ability to speak until the baby is born. And now the baby's born. And so Zechariah, well, he's been quiet for nine months and he's got a bit to say. Check out verse 62. Um, having, uh, you know, Elizabeth said that the baby's going to be called John, the relatives and the neighbours, well, they wanted to check out, well, what, is the, what does Dad think about that name? Um, and they, so they made signs to, his fa to, to the father to find out what he would like to name the child. And he asked for a writing tablet, and to everyone's astonishment, he wrote, his name is John. And immediately his mouth was opened, and he began to speak, praising God. Uh, Zechariah, he backed up his wife Elizabeth, didn't he? And he also obeyed God. Zechariah Jr.? No, no. His name is John. A new baby, a new beginning, as if the sky is changing its colour, but the sun is still below the horizon. Angelic encounters, miraculous babies. And now Zechariah too is filled with the Holy Spirit. And from verse 67... He speaks as a prophet. There's a lot packed into what he said. Let me just point out two things, two points from his prophecy. First of all, he praises God. Check it out, verse 68. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come and has redeemed his people. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David as he said through his holy prophets long ago. What, by the way, do you think a horn of salvation means? It's an unusual term, isn't it? Is it a horn that you blow through and creates music? No, it, it actually comes from the idea of a, uh, the, horn, the horns on an ox, uh, which give that ox uh, strength in terms of its ability to, um, to fight off other oxes and uh, anyone, anything else that dare challenge. That's where it comes from. And so God, says, says Zechariah, has raised up a strong saviour. And he's raised up this strong saviour from the family line of King David, a saviour 
of God's everlasting kingdom. This is prophecy. But he's not talking about his own son. He's not talking about John. You know, back when the angel visited Mary, uh, what name did he say that her son would be called? Jesus. But what else? In verse 32, he said he would be called the son of the Most High. Now, I wonder if you've ever held a newborn baby in your arms and you've become so over, overcome that you started talking to the baby. You know, you are so beautiful. You're so cute. <laughs> You're so lovely. Oh, well, imagine Zechariah here now speaking, indeed prophesying to his newborn son. Verse six, 76. And you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High. For you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him. Mary's son, son of the Most High. Elizabeth's son, prophet of the Most High. And like this, the colour of the sky when the sun is just about to peep over the horizon, John's role as he grew up as he became an adult, was to call people to repent for the forgiveness of sin so that he would prepare God's people for what comes next, and that is the coming of the Lord. An event which is described as being the rising of the sun from heaven. Verse 77, John was to give him, that is the Lord's, his people, the Lord's people, the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God by which the rising sun will come from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and the shadow of death to guide our feet into the path of peace. I wonder if you've noticed <clears throat> that Jesus, uh, in the gospel accounts, uh, when he speaks about the kingdom, when he speaks about God's kingdom, when he speaks about the, the kingdom of heaven, what does he say about it? He often says, the kingdom of heaven is near. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is close, which kind of sounds like he's saying it's, but it's not here yet. It's not here yet. You know, all of that changed after his death and his resurrection. For by his death, which paid for sin, and his resurrection uh, to life, Jesus is now seated at the right hand of the Father in heaven where he is now, just as Zechariah prophesied, the strong saviour who rules over God's kingdom. In Acts chapter 2, on the day of Pentecost, when God poured out his Holy Spirit on, on thousands of, and thousands of people heard about the death and the resurrection of Jesus and believed and turn their lives over to Jesus as their saviour and as their king, what do you think was happening? 
That was the sun bursting above the horizon, shedding light to the whole world. Light to us. Light to you. (laughs) You know, when you think about it, uh, having a brand new day every 24 hours is a good thing, isn't it? thing because it, it means that in, in many ways that you can kind of you can draw a line under the day that has just passed and you can make a fresh start but we can't do that with our sin we can't treat our sin as if it's like our failed to-do list from the day before which we scrunch up and throw into the into the waste bin instead For a clean slate and a new beginning, what we all need is forgiveness. Forgiveness from God. When you turn to Jesus as your saviour and your king, it's more than just a new day, isn't it? It's actually, it's a new life. It's a fresh start as a member of God's eternal kingdom. No matter who you are or how you've lived, because it's a kingdom based on mercy and forgiveness. It's the reason why the early church changed the Sabbath from Saturday to Sunday, to Resurrection Day, to that new day, that new day when we can rest in the mercy and the forgiveness of God through Jesus. Godly people like Zechariah and Elizabeth and Mary, what they experienced was the night sky on the horizon changing colour, but on this side of the resurrection of Jesus, we live in the full light of day, in the light of the gospel. You know, I was lying in bed in the very early hours of yesterday. I was awake and I thought very briefly about the idea of getting up out of bed, going down to Shelley Beach to watch the sunrise so I could have some credibility in what I was saying (laughs) here today. I considered it briefly. Because I really didn't want to go out into the dark I I prefer to see where I'm going, don't you? But God has given us the light of the gospel so that we can see the way of forgiveness and peace with him in this new day. For the sun has risen. And so what are you doing with that light? What are you doing with that light? (laughs) Have you put your trust in Jesus? for that mercy, that forgiveness, that not just a new day for you, but a new life, an eternal life. And if you've done that, are you helping others to see the way through the light by sharing with them the great news about the Saviour King that they too might belong to his kingdom? Let's pray. Father in heaven, We thank you for the new light of day, for this fresh beginning uh, that we have in the resurrection of Jesus from the 
Thank you for this incredible display of your, your forgiveness and your mercy. And we pray for each one of us that we would delight, as did Mary, as did Elizabeth, as did Zechariah, in this new day. Help us, Lord God, to be those who name Jesus as our Saviour and our King. And we pray that as this light of the gospel um, spreads throughout the world, and that it would be like the, the planting of a small seed that, that grows up um, into a great tree, that your kingdom will grow and grow and grow. And one day, as it will be fully revealed, as the majesty and the glory of the king is revealed upon his return, that we would be able to rejoice with you forever and ever. Amen.